1: We've actually done some studies where it shows that if we play for more than an hour, 20 to 30% of the audience risk a heart attack. It's okay for us because we're used to it, but you know, there, there's a risk that people could die and we don't want that on our hands. So other bands that are not as exciting can play for longer, can play two, three hours, but for a band this exciting, it's actually
0: dangerous for people.
2: welcome to No Filler, the music podcast dedicated to sharing the often overlooked hidden gems that fill the space between the singles on our favorite records. My name is Quentin. I've got my brother Travis with me as always. And dude, if we listen to the hives for more than an hour, an hour and a half, we might risk a heart attack, dude. (laughs) I really like that (laughs) quote. Um, Because like, you know, imagine if, imagine if you, so what was that? Was that like a radio interview or like a MTV interview or yeah, something? Yeah, yeah. Uh, some kind of interview backstage somewhere. I mean, imagine having no clue who they were. And then you hear the lead singer say that. You're going to go listen to them immediately because it's like, I got to hear But he's like. It must be intense. You know what I mean? I mean, what better word to describe the Hives than just intense death inducing over the top yeah man there was a movie that came out a couple of years ago two three years ago a horror movie called hereditary i may or may not have talked about it on the show at some point but um a really good movie terrifying but there were articles that came out and they may have even put it into their like promotional material that like people are having heart attacks in this movie Oh, that's a gimmick did they've that's a trick that
0: People yeah, they, yeah I think they I
2: think it goes back to like the exorcist where people were like fainting in the audience and stuff but like it made you want to go see it that's for sure and I I think there's like one story where somebody just happened to it was their time to have heart attack unrelated I don't know if it was related yeah but anyway yeah. that just kind of makes me think of that it's like you know you got to promote yourself you got to make yourself stand out and I think that's what the hives did really well was made make themselves stand out amongst the rest of the garage rock um, landscape, right? Yeah, and here's what happened, dude. They were uh, considered by many music critics as the number one best live rock band to see. Man, yeah. I can I can imagine. This interview that I pulled that clip from was after the album that we're going to focus on uh, today, which is Tyrannosaurus Hives, which came out in 2004. That interview was after that, album came out and so they were already riding high by that point and they already knew that they were hot shit they knew that they had the best live show around and they've got this like swagger to them this persona like it's a little gimmicky but like they just own it through and through yeah and that's what you gotta do man if you're gonna have a gimmick you better own it and like and you have to you have to Live up to the gimmick, right? Right. And they absolutely do. And, like, you know, for them, it was just, like, they had coordinated outfits and stuff. I'm sure their stage show had a lot more to it than just the outfits that they wore and stuff like that. But, like, it like it worked for them. Like, it worked really well for them. Yeah. Not every band has any business doing or should wear an outfit. Because sometimes it just comes off as, like, you guys just look – you you're doing a gimmick. You know what I mean? For some reason, it works for these guys. Yeah. And they, they wear this, like, I don't know, like – colonial like i don't know what the name of that kind of tie is you know what i'm talking about it looks like colonel sanders yeah straight up colonel sanders outfit that's what they wear um it's like rockabilly mixed with like colonel sanders or something i don't know yeah but um yeah so these guys have actually been around since uh 1989 if you can believe it that's absurd but they were apparently under a different name and they had a totally different sound they formed as the Hives in 93. So now here's when the legends start. And with every like, you know, larger than life, best live rock band of all time, you're gonna have some legends, you know? Mm-hmm. There's gonna be some folklore. So, first I'll name off the roster. And of course they've all got nicknames, because they're the hives. Uh you've got Howlin, Pell. Okay, so they're Swedish, so apologies. Uh, Howland Pell Almvist. There's a Q and a V right next to each other. Lead vocals and piano. You've got Nicholas Arson. It's actually Howland's brother, but he goes by a different last name. Guitar, keyboards, backing vocals. Vigilante Karlstrom. <laughs> Guitar, organ, backing vocals. And Chris Dangerous on drums. Also backing vocals. And at the time, so I'm only going up to 2004. He's no longer their bass guitar, but they used to have Dr. Matt Destruction on bass. So here's here's when the mystery comes in, dude. Okay. So there is a mysterious, quote unquote, sixth member of the band. His name is Randy Fitzsimmons. He's also their manager. So he's George Martin. Yeah. And he also brought these dudes together. So why is he a mystery? Because he's he's a manager, so he's behind the scenes. You would never see him anyway. Because he doesn't exist, dude. I don't. Okay, <laughs> that's what the the. Uh... That's but the man they had to have had a manager though. Maybe they had so many managers and people just started calling everybody Randy. No man, I think you're missing the point. I think, but the, <laughs> the, the point. But is... why would you make a mysterious member that's the manager? There's nothing mysterious about a manager. They claim they claim that every single song written by them was written by Randy Fitzsimmons, okay, okay, that's funny. I like that. so Randy Fitzsimmons is their manager. He's the one who who formed the band and he writes all their music and good luck finding him to to interview him or anything because he is really hard to track down okay, you know what that is? That's a fucking genius dude because you know anytime they're getting interviewed about the songwriting process, they can just uh, you're you're gonna have to find Randy and ask Randy he's not around. We just we just record the the songs that he he gives to us. That's funny, man. Um and so check this out, dude. So the back album art for Tyrannosaurus Hives, there are six legs, my dude. Oh god. So look at the front, it's just the five members. Look on the back, there's six legs. I love that kind of stuff, man. I love it. Genius. Yeah. That's like, that's the kind of larger than life kind of, you know, like when you think of rock and rolls, like legends, yeah. there's a lot of that kind of stuff behind, you know, like Led Zeppelin and the stones and the who you kind of, we lost out on that stuff over the years, man. And the hives are keeping it, keeping it going. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So um I'm going to, I actually am going to play a few tracks from previous albums leading up to Tyrannosaurus Hives. Okay. Um, I want to just kind of play their uh, progression and sound. So from the get-go, were they were they in this kind of energy? Energy? Absolutely. Um, but they were way more just straight-up punk. Prior to the year 2000, when Vinnie Vitty Vicious came out which has uh hate to say i told you so on it that's when they blew up Mm -hmm. in america i remember yeah yeah uh but i'm gonna jump back to barely legal which is their first full-length album way back in 1997 so here's a question are the strokes nodding to the hives on that song barely legal because i mean 97 that predates that song perhaps i don't know dude I guess it all depends on how long the strokes were sitting on that track. Right. All right. So they hadn't really found their sound yet, I guess, um, if you want to put it that way. Cause same guys? Same five guys? Yes. Six guys? Sorry. Six. But, yeah. Same six dudes. <laughs> Maybe, you know what? Maybe Randy hadn't showed up yet. So they're still working on their sound. No, man. He he helped form the band. He's been there since then. Okay. Yeah, right. Back in 93. I don't know a damn thing about Randy is what we're finding out. No one does, dude. All right. So here's what they were dropping. I'm sorry. Here is what Randy was writing. Here's how his music sounded. Mm-hmm. Way back in ninety-seven. So again, this is their first full-length album. Uh, here is a song called King of Ass Kissing.
1: What do what did they fall? <laughs>
2: Classic punk rock structure, yeah, and then they throw that piano in, which is really cool. Yeah, you don't expect to hear a piano in a punk song. I mean, that's got Randy Fitzsimmons written all over it, dude. Yeah, no joke, dude. Um, so I just read this here, man. This is hilarious. Um, it says the album sleeve for Barely Legal features three quotations from fake newspaper reviews. These quotations are originally from British newspapers referring to Aldous Huxley's novel <laughs> *Brave New World*. So they must have been so like out of left field, you know what I mean? Because I don't—I feel like you couldn't really describe the *Brave New World* novel in any way that would sound like it was describing this kind of music. You know what I mean? Right. That's funny. Um, so they've been—they've been sort of um, tongue-in-cheek the entire time. They've been hyping themselves time. up this whole time. And yeah, that's like, great. Yeah, yeah. So, but if you you can, you know, take a look at the album cover, right? They don't mm-hmm. have their uh they're all wearing black, so they have an outfit, so to say. Yeah. So to speak. But they, are you know, some of them are wearing t-shirts, some of them are wearing ties. Yeah, they didn't get they didn't have the outfit budget yet. Yeah. So, uh I'm going to quote a interview from let me let me get this year right here. So, this is a Website called bullseye.com. Oh, okay. So this is an interview from a DVD of theirs called Tussles in Brussels. I believe it came out the same year as Tyrannosaurus Hives. This, this freaking website probably came out at the same time. It looks this like This thing it, is ancient. Yeah. So uh, here is a question here. Okay. So the, so the guy asks, or girl, I'm sure you've been asked this about 5,000 times, but here's 5,001. Why do you dress that way anyways? And lead singer says, it looks good, but also we're convinced it makes us sound better. Like some hippie bands had some statues on their amps and stuff because it made them sound better. This makes us sound better. I believe it. You know what I mean? I believe it. It's like they're superhero suits, man. Yeah, you put your costume on, man. You go out there and you kick some ass. Yeah. So I'm convinced that if the hives didn't change up their sound a bit, I don't think they would have reached the success they did. Yeah. So let's jump to the next album. They are now full-blown The Hives. You know, like The Beast is born. They've got their they've got their outfits for Vinnie, Vitty Vicious. Okay. Here is 2000. How many albums did they put out between Barely Legal and this one? Did That's they keep, it, man. That was it? Okay. That's it. So they go from that hard, fast-paced punk to Hate to Say I Told You So. Right. Everyone knows Hate to Say I, I Told You So. Here is what happened, man. And I'm going to stop referring to Randy as if he's the he's the man behind sure. the scenes because yeah, sure. yeah, there's no Randy. I mean, he, but I mean, he is. But yeah, we don't have to talk about him. right. No one, yeah, no one knows really. Uh, so they started listening to a lot of Devo. They're big fans of Devo. Interesting. No, no wonder they had the outfits then, dude. Maybe they got the idea from Devo. Now he claims that they that they were listening to Devo before they wrote, uh, like. Like way before of any video vicious, sure. Uh, because he alludes to the fact that 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 you know barely legal doesn't really sound like Devo, but he there is a there is a song that he that he refers to and I'm going to play it a Devo song called Girl You Want. Okay, it's the very first song on. Is it spelled with a U? Freedom of choice. Yeah, on the record. Man, they yeah. were ahead of their fucking time. 1980, dude. So this is the Whippet record. Yeah, and Howlin' Pell. Refers to that bass line from Grill You One is, is something they kind of riffed off of uh, for Walk Idiot Walk. So I'm actually, I'm jumping the gun here, dude. I, I jumped, I jumped to Tyrannosaurus Rex. That's all right. Or ty- Tyrannosaurus but, highs. But, but no, that's fine though, because like you said, they were listening to Devo and then they wrote Vinny Vitty Vicious. Vinny Vitty Vicious. That's hard to say, man. So yeah, and and I'm hearing Devo even, even uh, back in 2000. So let's play that Devo song real quick. Um, so again, this is track one off of Devo's 1980 album *Freedom of Choice*. The song is called "Girl You Want." <laughs> is <laughs> it This is what I love to 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 discover when you dive into bands that you really love. Like, I that's what I'm always interested in. Is like, how do you how did they get from you know maybe the beginning origins of their sound to like what they sounded like, or, or like how did they shape and define their sound? I'm always looking for like what were their influences. You know what I mean? Yeah. And he's spelling it out for us because that yeah yeah you're right. That sounds it's it's so clear how you how you listen to that. And become the Hives, you know what I mean? Yeah. And what I love about it is, like, Devo is a new wave band, you know what I mean? And right. so, what the Hives did was say, "Hey, let's do garage rock with a new let's wave." Spin. Garage punk rock. Yeah, uh, that's awesome. So I want to jump right to and the baseline, dude. Yes, and the right. line is "Walk It Eat Walk." Definitely. Yeah, one hundred percent. And I feel like we should play a little bit of "Walk It Eat Walk." Now, I wasn't planning on it, but we need to. Yeah. I'm jumping all around now, dude, uh, because I wanted to go. I, I do want to play a song from Vinny Vitty Vicious. But you know what? You know what, We can make whatever rules we want around here. You're right, dude. So we're jumping around. Okay, so here is the song that Howlin' Pell is referencing that was influenced by Girl You Want. This is their massively popular single from Tyrannosaurus Hives. This is Walk, Idiot, Walk. song just screams 2000s to (laughs) me like that was the sound yeah i feel like the hives are like if you if you needed to say or somebody asked you what what exactly is garage rock what was the garage rock revival the post-punk revival i feel like the hives in this record maybe is a good i mean obviously you could say oh go listen to the strokes yeah that everyone's go-to is go listen to is this it by the strokes go listen to is this it but i think i think the hives kind of show yeah, you know, the other side of it, which is um, like like you said, a little the, a little more of a new wave bend. Well, yeah, well, it's just interesting because that's that's what they did with the garage rock. Yeah, sound was 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 you know they spun it in their own way, which is why they maybe stood out more so than the other. You know, you know how many bands started with the the word the in the two thousands that just came and went. Yeah, and I was just thinking about. Uh, the vines you remember them the v- oh yeah dude but that's what i'm saying they had one hit and they were done i was also thinking about uh you remember that band jet oh my god i forgot about them until just <laughs> until you just then are you going to be my girl yeah yeah see I, I feel like it started to become it just started to become cliche at that point and maybe it's just the timing of it, but, like... I feel like if, if the Hives didn't get that influence from Devo and, and run with it, I feel like they would have gone the way of Jet and the Vines and all them. Yeah, they... Well, they, pro- they may not have ever tweaked their sound if they hadn't listened to Devo, and they were, and they may have still been doing punk rock records. And right. They never even threw their hat into the ring for garage rock. Right. But that's... clever. I, I love that. Yeah, that's great. Now, I'm probably wrong, dude, as far as the Vines, you know, only having one single, but... All I remember is uh, what was it called? Get free. Yeah, I, I'm gonna get free. Remember that, dude. I I, I love that song when it came out. Sure, but I mean that's it, dude. Yeah, <laughs> they're you know I'm sure they had I'm sure they had another single, but yeah. So the point that I was gonna make has been made because we have reached the hives sound as we know it now. They reached it on Vinny Vitty Vicious in 2000. So what did they change? It's it's more of like this punchy, angular. Riffs, you know. It's more simple. Uh, Yeah, it's not. It's not as aggressive. Yeah, and the drum beat's way cleaner. It's not sloppy. There's nothing punk rock about it. Nothing punk rock. Right. So yeah, we have reached 2004. I've got two more tracks to play. Well, you know what, Q? Why don't we take a quick break? All right, dude. So this episode's going to be short and sweet, man. Just like this record so tyrannosaurus hives clocks in at 30 minutes dude 12 tracks in half an hour man is that why their shows were so so short like he was (laughs) trying to allude to like why they have short shows no dude because they didn't want the you know the audience members to have a heart attack man they were looking out looking out for their fans because you just can't handle that amount of like excitement and you know energy it's like getting too close to the sun you're gonna burn up yeah dude all right so tyrannosaurus hives walk idiot walk was the huge single on that one there was another single on there two-timing touch and broken bones so another top 50 hit um there were a few more in here that didn't really do as well but we're gonna play some non-singles dude so it's one of my favorites on the record it is track four so right after walk idiot walk the song is called no pun intended there's the punk energy again <laughs> and that's what but see that's the thing man they that was a a a you know a tool that they had in their shed you know what i mean yeah i th- I feel like their punk background probably gave them a huge advantage um because they could tap into that energy at any time yeah and he's got that like you said dude he's got that mick jagger swagger that that charisma, dude. He would strut like Jagger. Oh yeah, man. Um, or, or, you know that was probably part part of his um part of his stage presence. But yeah, I think um I think they were able to. If if you go to a Hive show, you're you're gonna see a garage rock, but you're you're gonna see a punk show too. You know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas you're maybe not gonna get that at the Strokes. You know what I mean? Right. Definitely not, dude. Um, yeah, it's I dude. I would I would play more of the song, but. I pretty much played the whole song because they're all so short. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so the Hives is one of those bands where, and I, I mean, I really haven't kept up with them. They're, I mean, they've, they've put out some, uh, some new stuff, right? I mean, in the last decade. Yeah, yeah, the last decade for sure. I mean, the last five years, maybe? Their last album came out in 2012. So it's been, it's been a minute. But they had a live album that came out this uh, last year. Yeah, that's true. Okay, so they're still doing it. They're still making it happen. But 2012 was a long time ago, dude. Almost 10 years ago. We're approaching a decade. Yeah. Yeah. So the hives is one of those bands where, yeah, they sound the same on every song, you know, nothing, nothing new between albums, but I don't care. It's the hives, you know, like that's, yeah, they, that is what the hives is. It's this energy just, you know, fast paced from, from track one all the way through to the end. There is a slow song on this album. (laughs) I skip it every time. Uh, That's not what I want out of the Hives. There's a slow Hive song, huh? Yeah. You want to listen to it? Yeah, let's hear it. It's not a single. What do they do when they try to tone it down? I don't know. You might like it. So this one's called Diabolic Scheme. I got to take back what I said, dude. I love that song. I actually like that a lot, yeah. I haven't listened to that song probably since 2004. Just full disclosure, dude, I haven't listened to this album all the way through in a while. And that's something we preach on this podcast, dude. Yeah, you have to. You're going to you're gonna miss out on Diabolic Scheme. So that was like a ballad, right? Yeah, it was interesting. I like what they did there. So I was trying to figure out who his, his voice reminds me of and, you know... This is obscure. We covered them. Dude, I was just thinking it too, brother. Undoing a David Wright? Yeah. <laughs> um, And I don't remember that guy's name, but. Uh, they, dude, they also had They also had names, names yeah. Right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but obviously there's other, there, there's other, there's vocalists that they're both drawing from and I can't, like you said, Mick Jagger a little bit here and there. Yeah. But like, there's, he's paying homage to a lot of like rock and blues and stuff like that before him. Yeah. But, yeah, I I thought about, for sure, the, the Undoing of David Wright singer. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Big time. Especially, yeah. Uh, we dig with Fingers Crossed. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's another, you know, new wave punk band out of Denton. Yeah. Dude, a lot of similarities, actually. Yeah. If a name like the Undoing of David Wright piques your interest, if you go back far enough, we did a bonus Halloween episode on these guys Awesome punk band, short lived from Denton, Texas. Check them out. And they had a stage presence, you know, and would put on a show. They wore garbage bag clothes that they taped together very fashionably. Yeah, uh, with really like extreme makeup and hairdos, and they were they were awesome, dude. Yeah. Um. So yeah, the the funny thing is that song isn't even that slow. <laughs> <laughs> no. But that's the slowest that you're going to get on Tyrannosaurus Hives. And, um, man, dude, he just delivers his heart and soul with every note, every word. And he does it on stage, too. You know, they all do. And that's why they're considered one of the best live acts of that era. Yeah. If you're in a rock band, I feel like that's the compliment you want. You know what I mean? You put on a great live show. That's what matters. And you know that they work their ass off... To pull it off I mean that's you know They're so well polished And like mm-hmm. yeah dude And every single one of them Is making sure that they're Putting on a show Every single member Yeah Alright dude I got one more track Dude this is gonna be short and sweet So this is another one of my favorites Off the record Alright so this one's called See Through Head I, know I just- song yeah that's great man and you can hear the you can hear the devo influence big time yeah it's the angular i don't know if i'm describing it right well the guitar riff is really cool yeah um but uh yeah that might be my new favorite like insult to throw at somebody like man you just got a transparent cranium i can see right (laughs) through it there's nothing in there that's hilarious i can see through that head bro i can see right through it use your noggin that's all i got brother That is all I got on the Hives. If you hadn't really given them a good listen before, like that, that you know, these songs should should definitely have convinced you to circle back and revisit the Hives or listen to them for the first time. And if you're somebody who skipped over them, yeah, maybe you were a little bit younger generation and um, you didn't have these guys all over. Because I remember everybody remembers. Hate to say, I told you so. I I was reading, I was skimming through that Wikipedia page that you had up. Yeah, it was used in all sorts of promotional materials. So like. Looks like it was all over. Yeah, man, they blew up with that song, and we were—I mean, we say it—we it, say this a lot with a lot of bands we cover, but we were the app the perfect age for the Hives. Uh, yeah, we were seventeen. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, perfect age for that. And and like what you hear is what you get. You know, the the songs that I pick—that's this is the Hives. So if you want more fast paced awesomeness, jump right into because they got tons of great music just like this. Vinnie Vidi Vicious is very similar. You know what, dude? Because we're 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 uh, sitting pretty light here on on show length. Let's play that other song I was going to play, dude. Okay, all right. So now we're going back to 2000. We're all over the place today. So I was going to play this earlier just to show like how much they really did, kind of like take that garage hard you know hardcore punk sound and give it that Devo twist. So this is again, we're we're going back to to 2000. Uh this is a song off of Vinnie Vidi Vicious. It's called Die, all right? Dude, I like that there's like a clear like linear progression to their sound. Yeah. You can, you know, mm-hmm. you you hear a little bit more of that just classic garage punk. You start to hear that that change up with the with the strumming patterns on those riffs. It's not quite Tyrannosaurus Hives. Yeah. But they're getting there. But it sounds like that, you know, they signed with Universal and then put out Tyrannosaurus Hives. So they had they had a, a major label behind them at that point, you know what I mean. And you can hear the difference in in the way that it's produced, definitely. Uh, and they even threw in those strings on Diabolic Scheme. Yeah. Well, um, I love the the sound of the the I love the way the drums sounded on that song too. Yeah, he's a great drummer. Yeah, no kidding. You gotta have you gotta you gotta be able to throw down on the kit if you're gonna keep up with a band like like the Hives. Yeah. You got to be a metronome. Yeah, man. Um, yeah, I feel like if you were to if you were to name five Five bands that, five albums even that that sort of um, you know encapsulates the garage rock sound. I, I think I think that Tyrannosaurus Hives might be one of those five. You know what I mean? Specifically, early two thousands garage rock revival. Tyrannosaurus Hives. Because like we said, is this it? I want to put Interpol on there. Turn on the bright lights. Yeah, turn on the bright lights. And even though like. It's it's to me it's tough to 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 classify them as garage rock, but they're still under the umbrella of of, of like post punk, they and again like what what makes Interpol stand out is that you know they did something slightly different with the sound you know what I mean, but yeah but but they're they're post punk revival so I guess yeah. under the post punk revival umbrella is garage rock right well we got two more spaces to fill on this list dude who else we got I mean a lot of people put the yeah yeah yeahs on there oh dude how can we forget the white stripes done yes. White Stripes, uh, Elephant. And I'm going to put uh, The Darkness on there. Just kidding. But I love The Darkness. <laughs> <laughs> you want to talk about a gimmick, right? Yeah, right. Um, but yeah. Anyway, that could be... I would. I, that list would probably change a dozen times if I sat down and thought about it. Yeah. But man. The Strokes would certainly be on there and, and Interpol for me. But uh, yeah, and I think White Stripes too. That's pretty rock solid, actually. Yeah, you, know, <laughs> you know, it's perfect. But, you know, The Hives, I, I think that... I think it's easy to come up with with um with five and the question is do the hives belong on that five? And I feel like they I, I bet you if we looked at numbers like I bet you they um they perhaps made made bank more so than some of the other guys because of how <laughs> well like you said, it looks like they were smart about it. Yeah. Because their music was just so perfectly distilled, you know what I mean? Yeah. And like just these perfect packages of like you know what I mean they 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 once they found their that that formula you know what I mean like they they were on it they knew exactly what they were doing. Exactly and yeah and they they just became this like beast, you know the hives. Yeah. Right. So yeah shout out to Randy Fitzsimmons again dude. Yeah. Staying out of the spotlight but really just crushing it with the songwriting for these dudes. What's he doing now? Presumably he's still writing songs for for the hives <laughs> Presumably, yeah. <laughs> we'll never know, man. He doesn't He doesn't come out for interviews, dude. See, now, we just talked about five. We tried to name five records and didn't. Not once did we mention the Walkman, and we were all over them last, last week, week talking about how great they were. But you know what, dude? Let's go back to what you said. And can you guys tell we're just wasting time to, to, to get this <laughs> to the hour mark? <laughs> nah, no, no, we don't have to do an hour. Uh, yeah, no, dude. We make the rules around here. But should they make it on the list... And I think maybe you're hesitant because they are kind of a one and done sound band because I put them in like the more gimmicky space. Yes, that's true. I think what we talked about with what we concluded with the Walkman is that like they were one of the few bands from that era that that never stopped evolving and refining, you know what I mean? And like and and changing, but like in a... Um, not in a negative way, you know what I mean? Like it just—it's this natural progression to. You're trying very hard to say not like the Strokes did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you're right because the Strokes did change, but not in a good way. You know what I mean? I hope that people email us and 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 fight us on those words because like, I mean I don't think we would get much pushback on that. I don't think. I think you got to blame Julian on that, dude. He was he was the guy who ran the show and. I mean, let's be frank, dude, he's was, he's was kind of a dick. Yeah. When you listen to some of his early like or his uh solo stuff that he did, you know, he he was just his his the style of music that he was wanting to write was different than The Strokes. And like he was like the primary songwriter, right, for Strokes. So like if he didn't want to write music like that anymore, that's why did, that's why they stopped sounding like that, you know. That's why they stopped sounding like The Strokes. You know, what that reminds me of dude, Tom launch? No, I always get them mixed up. Mark Hoppus. Mark Hoppus. Was he, no, yeah. Tom. Damn it, dude. Tom, because he went on to do uh, Boxcar Racer. Wait, I get them mixed up, too. Is he... Let's look, let's look up their faces. Which dude. one is the alien guy? Is that Tom? That's Tom. Okay. Bass player. Wait, guitar player. <laughs> I don't remember which one <laughs> plays what. Uh, yeah, okay. He plays guitar. And, shit. Alright, he's a guitar yeah. player. <laughs> but, yeah, that's what it sounds like to me. He felt boxed in with Blink. And he wanted to write dark music and stuff. He felt boxed in, so he went to Boxcar Racer. Wow, dude. Good save on that one. Wordsmith, dude. Wordsmith. Uh, what are we even talking about, dude? I don't know. <laughs> let's wrap this puppy up. All right. So, yeah, that was a good... Uh, I think that was a really quick and dirty look at a quick and dirty band, Q. Yeah. it's this. Like I said, man, this is one of those bands that has always been on the list for me. So, let's cross him off, man. Boom. Got to share some hive's goodness with you on No Filler. Boom. Um, next week, Q. We're gonna pause from um from the Garage Rock band um extravaganza that we've been on lately and do a what you heard, because it's about that time for another what you heard episode. I have my songs locked and loaded, dude, and I know I'm gonna hear like three or four more great songs over the next week and I'm gonna have to completely rearrange my list i dropped one and added another one today because i found uh, this amazing record awesome so that's staying i'm pretty sure that's not gonna bump but um all right so when we get back from our what you heard cue, um we're gonna dive into i think by then the new kings of convenience record will be out and so we're gonna we're gonna do an episode on that because we promised it and i mean there's no way that that can't happen so cannot wait for that to come out yeah, and then we're gonna do the clientele. So we got a roadmap for you. We got the next three episodes planned out. The clientele, I think, are gonna be a pretty interesting transition from Kings of Convenience. They they're kind of in the same you know, the clientele had a very unique a unique sound, but he had that very quiet, like soft vocals, you know what I mean? Very quiet. Very much like like the the Kings of Convenience boys. So I think that'll be a good transition. And then who knows what's gonna happen after that, Q? Who knows what's gonna happen? I pff- Shit, man! After hearing that Devo song, I want to hear. I want to maybe talk about some Devo, but now that would be interesting if we went back and did some more new wave bands. Yeah, I'm down for that, man. Do another Talking Heads episode. I am down for that. Well, where can they find us? Q, tell them where they can find us. Oh, you know what, dude? We're part of the Pantheon Podcast Network. That is the podcast network for music lovers. Uh, You can find us on their website. PantheonPodcasts dot com, along with dozens of other awesome music centered podcasts. Shout out to us on Twitter if you'd like. We are always jonesing for some communiqué with our listeners. At NoFillerPodcast is the handle. Uh, if you don't know our Watcher Herds, those episodes are that's our monthly mixtapes. We bring five songs each to the table, and we would like to start bringing songs that you have been listening to and bring that into the show. So tweet us some songs that you've been listening to. If we like it, we'll play it as an outro on our what You Heard episode. Uh, you can also email us and uh, send us a message that way. It is uh, nofillerpodcast at com. And uh, yeah, that's it for today. And dude, you know what? Tweet at us if you saw the hives back in their heyday. I would love to hear what that was like. Yeah, and also, Mitchell, I know you're listening, brother. Just send us a text message and just make us jealous because I know you saw them like two or three times back in our high school days, dude, so let me know how it was, brother. We'll uh, share the story on the pod. But yeah, let us know how if they really were the, the best live band you've ever seen. Yeah. Did they live up to the hype? All right, brother, that's it for us today. Next week, we'll be coming at you with our what you heard episode thank you as always for listening my name's quentin my name's travis and i'll take care